You are listening to Girl, Not This, a podcast series dedicated to my fellow besties trying to navigate their 20s, coming to terms with their spirituality, and healing while still living at home. My name is Lindsay, and thank you for joining in. Hello, hello. Happy Wednesday, besties. How was your week? Did you practice any self-care? I sure did. I did a little hair and face mask action. I even went to Disneyland with my nieces. While at Disneyland, I felt like a kid again, going onto the rides, seeing all the characters. Now, something that made me want to talk about this today was hearing my mom making comments to my niece about getting off her phone and enjoying herself and hearing my niece comment back like, I am having fun just to be glued back on her phone. This was definitely a trigger for me. I was suddenly 14 again and saying, I know mom, which of course led me here. Let's talk about it. So let me paint it for you. I'm 25 and in therapy. I'm sitting and hearing my therapist talk about healing your inner child, giving her the warmth and nurturing you need, making sure your inner child feels listened to, being kind and gentle with yourself. So the time passes on and you're learning and unlearning a lot, but something hits you. Anger. You don't know why or how, but you start feeling anger, aggravated, and it's almost always at the most random of times. You start learning new things such as being parentified and what that looks like at home. And unfortunately, your therapist is leaving her job for a better one and wishes you the best of luck. So now you're left with dealing with all of this on your own. And side note, shout out to TikTok because I mean, I've said it before and I've said it, I'll say it again. She really is that girl. Any questions I needed answers to or just simply watching someone be vulnerable and going through the same thing was oddly really comforting. And it was able to give me answers, but also give me perspective. As a teenager, I was almost always shamed for my emotions. If I was feeling some type of way and not given any space or privacy, I was later lashing out because of it. I would be called a bitch and then would have to apologize because I had an overly emotional parent. For the longest time, I felt like I was responsible for my mom's emotions and would try my hardest to not be the problem child, which led me to suppressing my emotions and not knowing how to identify any anything other than happy and angry. Anything other than those two were just me being annoyed. This, of course, would show up in my relationships and even my friendships. I was the mean but giving friend, the tough friend, all labels I didn't want. I was always the person people ran to with their problems and would offer advice, the best I was capable of. And if the tables were turned, it was almost always, damn, that sucks, or someone trauma dumping thinking it would help me relate, or perhaps I didn't have it quite as bad. I'm not too sure. Now, I've come to the realization that healing my inner child came quite easily to me. It was my inner teen that's been kicking my ass. Because now at 27 years old, I still catch myself thinking, what will my mom think to my mom won't like that. And don't get me wrong, the feeling doesn't last long. I remind myself who I am and that I'm my own person capable of my own decisions. My relationship with my mom has evolved a lot and we're in such a different place now. She respects my boundaries and now isn't 
afraid to ask me for clarification on things. But don't get me wrong, we still have our moments where suddenly I'm 14 and rolling my eyes to the back of my skull because she's trying to parent me, a woman in her late 20s. Inner teen work really has you reflect on all the force and expectations your family has on you. My niece, who's only 14, is already having to answer the question of what do you want to do when you grow up? And what college do you think you want to go to? She just blankly stares like, what? The last thing on my mind at 14 was school, let alone knowing what I wanted to be when I grew up. My main focus was my little boyfriend at the time and hanging out with friends and looking at what concert I would have to beg my mom to let me go to. So hearing these questions being asked to her, I automatically get triggered and say, oh my God, just let her be. There's a fine line that gets blurred when talking to a teenager especially when that kid isn't yours. We're so quick to offer advice to them and tell them, well, when I was your age, and don't get me wrong, I've done this as well, but I've been reflecting so much these past couple of weeks, and the one thing I do put myself is in is the kid's shoes. Honestly, I sit back and I think, what the fuck was I thinking about at 14? And I straight up laugh because I never thought the day would come where I would be in my late 20s doing such a thing. But now I understand the whole giving advice in hopes they take it is you not wanting them to struggle or go through heartache. You want to make their experience in the 3D as easy and painless as possible, but then you come to the realization that that's impossible. Sometimes you have to go through these things to not only learn along the way, but to learn how to pick yourself up and how to identify behaviors, flags, and trusting your intuition. When I think back on certain stages of my life, I think, well, If I hadn't gone through that or done that, I wouldn't be where I am now. And of course, the what if statement comes into mind and I try to redirect it into something more positive. Like, for instance, my brother and I constantly joke about what if our parents stay together? We both laugh and say, well, thank God they didn't. Why? Because our father was a serial cheater and narcissist. And if he were still married to our mom, who knows what series of events would have happened behind closed doors. Things happened the way it happened for a reason. It took me the longest time to realize that. I was the same age as my eldest niece when I got into a huge argument with my dad on Facebook. I saw a picture of a man who I didn't recognize. And once I was told, oh, it's our dad's dad, I lashed out and said I didn't have a dad. I simply had a sperm donor. And instead of having a concerned father of why I was saying these things or getting any sort of reassurance... I got the complete opposite. It became World War III in the comment section, and he would later go on and stop paying child support altogether, which was already kind of a joke of a number if we're being completely honest, so it didn't really make much of a difference to our mom. The last time I saw my father was a week before my 18th birthday. I had, I, me, the child, had mustered the courage to speak with him, but honestly, it was mostly because I was graduating and I needed the 10K in child support he owed. He talked and talked about how he would love a relationship with me and that I should be putting the effort, that I should be picking up the phone to call him. Laughable, right? After that, he called me the day after my birthday with some pathetic excuse that he tried to call me, but I didn't answer. When in fact, I had answered every call for my family made the day of. That to me was just confirmation 
I wanted nothing to do with him. It was hard because I did have younger siblings I wanted a relationship with, but at the same time, I had the mentality of who knows what was said to them regarding me and my brother. All of these thoughts and suppressed feelings came to play when I started shadow work. I was learning that the relationship I had with others was a reflection of my father wound and the relationship with myself was a reflection of my mother wound, which I've talked about before. And I remember one session I had with my therapist where I simply told her I never really felt like a kid and was pretty much almost always told that I was so mature for my age. This is where I heard the term parentified for the first time in my life. I used to joke and laugh and say, thanks, it's the trauma (laughs) whenever someone made the maturity comment to me. And I, you know, when I said it to my therapist, she laughed, but she was kind of like, ha ha ha, um, you were parentified. And for those of you who don't know what parentification is, parentification is a lesser known childhood trauma generally associated with childhood emotional neglect. Dr. Kim Sage explains it in a simple way. You were placed in a functional role. So you were taking care of chores, feeding the siblings, running the household and or the emotional role being the emotional regulator of your parents. So being parentified in my household meant being the mediator between my brother and my mom and being the one to comfort them and making sure they got along afterwards. I had to remain neutral almost always because if I agreed with one more than the other, I was taking someone's side. This really reflected in all of my relationships and my friendships. I always felt like me expressing my feelings was a huge burden. If I had a rough day or would cry to my ex, it led to an excessive amount of apologizing afterwards because I couldn't control my emotions. I made sure the emotional needs of others were met before my own and I had a tough relationship with myself and setting boundaries because I never knew what that looked like. This all looks different for everyone. For me, it was parentification. For let's say my friend's husband, it was covert incest. As adults, we all have emotional needs and these emotional needs must be met by another adult. In emotional incest, the parent turns to the child to get that adult level of emotional support. A parent relies on their child and treats them like an adult. The parent talks about inappropriate topics and or asks the child for advice on these adult matters. Believe me when I say no child wants to hear about their parents' mental health struggles or financial struggles. They just want them to be happy and taken care of. For my friend's husband, it was so much more different for him. Let's call her husband Fred. Fred grew up with a narcissistic mother. His dad pieced out when he was younger, so his mom leaned on him for emotional needs. He was basically her surrogate husband. She needed constant attention and adoration, going above and beyond for her son so she could get praised and rewarded. She was the one in control. If there was any sort of resistance or loss of control, she would make him feel guilty. This would later fuck up Fred by not being able to form his own identity. He can't seem to get away from his mother because there has been a trauma bond created. Fred found it difficult to have relationships with other women because of how controlling his mother was. He was hot and cold and would simply pull away whenever he was going through something. Luckily, after some time apart, Fred got it together and married my friend. Now, of course, this doesn't quite end here. This led to a whole can of worms. The mom was now competing with my friend 
making nasty comments and trying to make my friend feel inadequate. With Fred undergoing his own spiritual journey and doing his own shadow work, he was not only defending his wife, but he was setting boundaries with his mom. Now, I'm not saying it ended here and they're living happily ever after, but with Fred going through shadow work, taking care of himself, working through his triggers instead of going around it, he's able to open up to my friend and communicate with her. He's able to not run from the intimacy and able to identify that he has been triggered, but to communicate that he's been triggered. Working through the triggers instead of running from them doesn't feel rewarding. It's hard and it's heavy. But in the long run, you're healing and you're growing and you're breaking generational curses. The amount of times I've sat and talked with my mom and cried and cried to one another about the things I've held inside, it didn't feel like, oh my God, I did it. Everything's going to be so much better. It was heartbreaking, but in such a beautiful way because you're releasing. And if it wasn't for adult me standing up for little me, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be here sharing with you all the inner turmoil. I wouldn't be here alongside you on the journey. Healing comes with great lessons. It comes with heartache. It comes with fear. Everything from the past can hurt and you can spend the rest of your life running from it or learning from it. I use what I have been through in the past as a tool to help me now. Healing your inner teen is fucking hard. I pray for patience on the daily. Because there are days, I'm telling y'all, there are days where I feel like the universe is testing me. Some days have bigger triggers than others. Journaling helps, yes, but sometimes you just have to listen to your body and let the anger out in a healthy way. I've taken showers and ha- and have cried in the shower of just how mad I was. And sometimes we just need that release. Now, something I've been eyeing is a rage room because I feel like breaking shit would be the answer as well. But, you know, that costs money. So we're waiting on that one. But stay tuned because I might I might talk about going to one of those because I need it. Looking back now, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm in such a different place in my life. I'm learning to not only trust the universe, but to trust myself, to trust my intuition. And I'm learning to be kinder and more patient with myself. And believe me, I know it's hard and I know it's uncomfortable, but I'm here for you. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We're in this together and you're not alone. No matter how different our journey is, It's still love here. And before I go, I just want to touch on something really quickly to all of my listeners who have been listening through the webpage or Spotify. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to talk to my Apple users now. Um, I was finally able to figure out why you guys can't find me on Apple Music. You guys have to download your Apple Podcasts app again if you have deleted it or you simply just don't use it. Um, I guess Apple does it differently, so I will not pop up on Apple Music, but if you re-download or download your Apple Podcasts app, I should pop up when you type in Girl Not This. And thank you again to everyone who has been tuning in every Wednesday. I really appreciate the love and support you're giving me. Again, re-download Apple Podcasts if you are a Apple user who has been trying to listen to the podcast. I am so sorry for not figuring it out soon enough, but we're here now and that's all that matters. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in and reflecting with me. I urge you to take some time for yourself and document the outcome. New episodes will be coming every Wednesday. Feel free to reach out to me and share your stories or ask me a question at girlnotthisla at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and follow the podcast on your preferred streaming service. I'm Lindsay. Thank you for listening.